Hey, I'm Reno. And I'm Anders. Welcome to How to Entrepreneur, a podcast program by Inch. A show where we would like to take you on a fun journey about entrepreneurship. You'll hear inspiring stories with leaders and entrepreneurs across various industries and how they creatively overcome obstacles and challenges. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of How to Entrepreneur. Okay, so now we have turned the idea into an actual product. Where do we begin to enter the market and how do we generate revenue? Today, we'll dive a little bit deeper into sales and marketing with a sustainability approach. But before we do so, allow me to introduce you to our guest today. She is the CEO and designer of Oslo Unbranded with a combined fashion and sustainability through customizable embroideries. Welcome, Ingrid Emma Jacobson. Thank you. <laughs> we are super excited to have you on the show and thank you so much for, for taking the time. Um, you have had a really creative project lately. Can you tell us something about the, the Bunad Masks uh, project you had? Yes, um, the Bunad's uh, mask, they actually happened um, we started doing them last year for uh, before 17th of May. And it was just like a fun thing we did for our Instagram. Uh, and then, uh, um, so we made uh, uh, mouth masks with the embroideries of um, Bunads uh, from all over Norway. And then the interest for them just went, was really big. So we started producing we had three days to produce uh, more masks till before the 17th of May. So we made as many as we could. And then we thought, okay, next se- next 17th of May, it's not going to be something that we're going to use. So we kind of put it on hold, thought we were maybe like done with that project. And then before Christmas uh, last year, all of a sudden the interest, uh, uh, we noticed the interest in the masks again. And then um, a month before 17th of May this year, the interest just exploded. And it was like all over media about whether it's <laughs> um, allowed to wear mouth masks with your embroideries from your um, bunad or not. So it was like a really heated debate, but in the end, it was just really fun. Lovely. And just out of my personal curiosity, Ingrid, how long does it take you to customize and actually embroider per mask? Um, it depends on the embroidery and if we have made the embroidery before, but it can take anything from um, 20 minutes to three hours. Yeah. Wow. So it is a lot of work that goes into those masks because um, we make them all in our studio here. Yeah. That's awesome. You're, I can actually see those masks right behind you, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, yeah, so I've uh, been very curious about in the fashion industry, and that's not something I'm too familiar with. You know, in the morning, I just kind of throw on what's, what kind of comes into mind. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how did the idea come about? And for those for our listeners who are not aware of Unbranded, can you tell us a little bit about the brand, how you guys do it, and what you guys do? Yeah. So... Uh, it all started at uh, Oslo Met, where I met my business partner, partner Mare. 
Um, we had been studying fashion and production for three years, and we have just started our master's in fashion and society, where we started looking more at the sustainability issues in the fashion industry. Um, and we love being creative and um, creating nice things, but then we also want it to be um, good for the planet and for people. And as of today, the fashion industry is not, but we need clothes and uh, uh, we want it to be like a good contribution to this industry that is so big and so polluting. So we started Oslo Unbranded, which is a brand that focuses on sustainability and personalization through um, customization. So um, clothes, they represent a very big part of who we are, whether we like it or not, because we all need to wear clothes to function in society. So uh, we thought, why do we always have to um, buy clothes that has like a certain brand that um, uh, you, you kind of buy into the brand and that you want to be like this person that they um, portray. So that's why we called our brand Unbranded. So it's more like the person uh, that you are the focus of the brand so that you can brand yourself instead of wearing all these flashy logos and um, taking on someone else's identity. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so um, that's what we've been working on and that's how the whole embroidery part came in. So we started making shirts that are uh, ethically produced and uh, with sustainable uh, materials. And then we have this embroidery part where you can actually choose your own like signature on the short shirt or like motive, kind of like a tattoo concept just for clothes. Oh, nice tattoo concept. I just hope to ask you, um, I remember in the United States, how unaware I was with, for example, my food intake. You know, I remember driving down the freeway one time and one of the famous fast food food chain in the United States called Wendy's. And I remember Wendy's had an advertisement saying, we offer you real meat. And that always got me questioned, like, what are other people offering me? You know, so I think the same way nowadays, what are some of the things for our viewers and like myself, because I think a lot of companies out there are trying to make them seem sustainable, seem ethic. Could you share with us what are some of the, I wouldn't want to use the word disguise, but some of the things that people are playing into it. And what are some of the things that you guys are genuinely doing differently? Yeah, so uh, to begin with, they can look at the uh, raw materials, the fashion industry that they have, like this very, uh, very big and complex uh, value chain that so, like, where are the raw materials produced? Like if you have a garment in cotton, the cotton is grown somewhere and um, cotton uses a lot of water, um, which has uh, dried out lakes and taking the water away from villages if it's not like regulated properly. Um, and uh, you have like the factories where the materials are produced where that are often 
very like bad conditions in and the people sewing the clothes um uh, is a big problem there is that they're uh, very have very bad salary yeah they're not treated fairly right yeah very like unethical working conditions and all of these things are um part that a lot of brands uh, kind of hide and instead of like pulling showing where they produce the clothes who who are making them who are sewing them what kind of raw materials they just put like a badge on them finished garment saying that it's sustainable maybe because uh, they have used organic cotton but they don't still don't know where it comes from or who kind of um, a factory they made the clothes in or the company knows but they won't let people like the consumers you know um so greenwashing that's kind of yeah it's called greenwashing when you use the term sustainable or green in order to sell more without actually checking up the whole value chain of the product you're selling ah interesting that's uh, I learned something today. Thank you. I'm, I'm definitely going to look it up about greenwashing for sure. Um, and again, I, I think this is such a new industry to me. I just love to pick your brains on this. Like for our listeners, let's say you walk into a shop like, like H&M trying to get a shirt. When you look at the tag, what are some things you, you would urge people to look at just so they become more aware of what they're buying? Um, to begin with, I would actually... Um, look at the price <laughs> because uh, a t-shirt that costs you 40 or 50 crowners it should make you question like how is this possible because um, just to send something in the mail abroad the, like across the Atlantic uh, will cost you 50 crowners right right <laughs> And then you, in that T-shirt, you have uh, raw materials that the farmer uh, makes and the production of the fabric, the person sewing it, wrapping, and the company has its share, and then the shop. So um, when it's too cheap, it, it is too cheap. Yeah, that's <laughs> question. Um, and then I would kind of check where it's produced. A lot of production that are um, uh, are happening in like India or Bangladesh. There are a lot of good factories there, but there are also a lot of uh, not so good factories where the workers are more or less like slaves. So being aware of that and what kind of material the t-shirt or the garment you, you're looking at is in. If it's natural um, uh, mater- materials like cotton or uh, bamboo or um, some uh, some of the viscose uh, rayon uh, materials are cellulose based uh, that's better than nylon and polyester and all of these oil-based uh, materials yeah, yeah that's yeah and uh, I have a I have a kind of I don't have a kind of a clue about how H&M are producing their clothes and stuff like that. And But you mentioned kind of their uh, distribution with uh, over the sea and stuff like that. 
And I was wondering how how is kind of your uh, distribution? Is it in Oslo or is it overseas or how how are you guys pricing it and how is it kind of different from from them the distribution part? Um, we have we're trying to keep things as local as we can, um, but our shirts and the larger when we have large quantities, uh, we produce them in Lithuania at a factory that's owned by a Norwegian woman who has uh, uh, secured a, a secure working um, a factory for her workers that are well, well paid. Um, and then the uh, mouth masks we make by ourselves in Oslo in our studio here. So we've been trying to uh, keep the production as close to Norway as we can, uh, but it is much more expensive than the easy solution would be to produce in India or Bangladesh or perhaps China. But uh, yeah, Lithuania is a really good, like high quality and it's closer to Norway. So you don't have to use that much um, CO2 to get it here. <laughs> and I think this is a really good segue into unbranded sales and marketing strategy. Welcome back. Um, I was in technology sales for about five years before I moved to Norway. And similarly, I was also in the marketing space. But before that, I had always felt sales had a bad reputation. You know, kind of like, hmm, this little sleazy salesperson is out trying to get me, right? But after I was in the industry for a little while, I learned that, hey, there's so many lifelong skills I take with me that I unintentionally learn, you know, things like designing a process, uh, active listening, and how to respectfully ask for help, for example. So Ingrid, if you don't mind sharing with us, you know, obviously Unbranded is a very, in a very competitive space. How would you share with our, to our listeners to address, you know, this, maybe there's a cultural clash between asking for something and then your experience doing sales and marketing? Yeah, um, sales and marketing, I've, we both of us, me and my co-founder, we find it very challenging. Um, but it's such an important part of having your business running. So you can't uh, escape it. <laughs> the marketing part is, I mean, producing good content and uh, like always doing new projects. And that's like the fun part. And then, yeah, the sales part, it's the difficult one. And as you say, Norwegians were <laughs> we're not the we don't like to like shout out like hello here here I am please come buy my stuff because we're more or a lot of us are more reserved <laughs> uh, I wish that I had more skills as a salesperson I think it's a, like a very valuable experience to have um I find it much easier to, because we have both the B2C and our B2B part of our business, right? So we sell to both the commercial market and then to uh, businesses. Um, what I find, find uh, much easier when I'm trying to uh, contact these uh, B2B 
clients, I sometimes I meet them on events or I just sell them uh, an email. Uh, but also when I get phone sellers calling my phone and trying to sell me, I don't know, whatever, if it's electricity or anything, I always take the opportunity to sell something back to them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> because it's weird because then I feel like they're inviting, invading my time. So then I can turn it around and be like, hey, um, I have this rant. Do you need anything for your, <laughs> for your <laughs> business? We do uniforms or embroideries, anything. And then it always ends up in a very nice conversation where they're like, yeah, I'll have you in mind if we need some hoodies or anything merged for our office. Yeah. <laughs> and then, wow. um, yeah. And I've thought about that. And why is it like, why am I more comfortable with that? And that's because um, it's more, I don't have to take the step out and be like, hey, look at me. Um, can I take some of your time to explain what I'm doing? Because when they are already taking my time to explain what they're doing it's easier to be like hey look at me yeah that is <laughs> you know? really smart um but uh yeah I, there is no reason for why we shouldn't be more outgoing and being like hey look at my brand like look at my product it's awesome because we should be proud of what we're doing and it's something we put so much time and energy in so if what if <laughs> that that part that you're not brave enough to be like look at me and my product then if that's the reason but uh -huh. and do you do you have different strategies um and uh, can you share with listeners because i think uh, i don't recall a lot of our anchors are in the fashion industry actually there's one um, i believe she reached out to you personally but anyways the idea is uh, with our listeners, whether today they're trying to do B2B sales or B2C sales, do you have similar strategies or different strategy when it comes down to marketing and sales? I feel like they're very different, uh, B2B and B2C. B2B, is, it's, uh, it's hard to get them, but once you first get, or a, like, get a good relationship with a company, uh, you have bigger orders and... Uh, uh, they're coming back most likely um, with the B2C market. It's very hard to reach out to the right um, a group of people because you're competing with so many other brands and for their attention. Um, so, and then you have to, yeah, you have to angle your product uh, towards the right target group and you have to, pay for ads if um most yeah you that's what so yeah what we have to do i guess um so um yeah there's definitely different strategies between b2c and b2b for b2c we use instagram mostly and um a little bit facebook uh but mostly Instagram, but B2C, we don't use Instagram to reach them. It's more emailing or being present at events um, or if they, uh, word of mouth, if they are telling other people about us. 
uh, word of mouth works with the B2C too, but it's uh, it's harder to stand out there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you if you go through this process, Ingrid, um, but I'm curious, when I was a salesman in the marketing space, trying to sell it to other marketing experts, uh, obviously they want more leads. More people go to their website, more people will buy, but they're also very interested in insights, right? Like who goes to my website? What time do they go to my website? Because I think once you have that information, and for example, you guys might have um, events coming up. It's, it's nice to have that information so you know who to target. You guys use some of the insights you get or how do you get those insights to help you make those decisions? Yeah, we actually just this year started using Google ads and analytics. Um, we have, yeah, we didn't properly start with it before, like very late into our company because we didn't really know how to use it and how to use the information. Um, so we don't have a lot of data on it. It's starting to uh, get better now, but uh, it's definitely valuable because then you can see, yeah, who, who clicks on your page and uh, who are those people? What other things do they like? And then it's easier to um, make the product, uh, find your target group, really. Because, um, I mean, that's why I feel like it's um, like a really important and difficult part of uh, starting a brand, especially clothing brand, because who are your target customer? You start with an idea of who they are. And then as time goes, you understand that maybe it's to- like a total different group. Um, and I also love to hear some of their stories. Ingrid. I know uh, not only do you guys do, again, BDC mask embroideries you also do b2b sales and i was so fascinated by how quickly you guys were able to pivot during covid but can you tell us some of the b2b clients you serve and how did you find the b2b clients yeah so um one of our biggest clients are or were Hurtelutten. Uh, so it's like the biggest cruise line in norway they're really big in the sustainability um so now uh, we actually got that uh, meeting with the Hutteruten through another customer, which were from Nobel Peace Prize Center uh, that we made t-shirts for. So the boss of there, uh, she had pitched us into the CEO of Hutteruten uh, uh, because they needed new uniforms for one of their restaurants in their new hybrid ship. So we went uh, there for a meeting and they were like, saying that maybe you should have shirts in recycled ocean plastics because isn't that something that your brand is very concerned about it's on the ocean and there's so much talk about ocean plastic pollution um so we got the deal and then we started making like a design for shirts that are in recycled ocean plastic um so we had a process uh, on that and we delivered uh, uh, a bunch of shirts for their restaurant. And uh, they looked really nice, blue, and the material is very, um, yeah, it's like, it is polyester because, uh, you know, it's... Um, plastic, right? Yeah, it's plastic. plastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, it's recycled and it's picked up from the ocean, which 
gave Hutteruta uh, also like a uh, uh, form of storytelling. You could tell stories about their uniforms, which uh, is an important part of this whole sustainability thing. Because uh, if you are to grow as a company, you have if you want to you uh, show that you're sustainable and how you are. And uh, that definitely attracts attention. Yeah. Well, I'd love to use this opportunity, Ingrid, actually. Are there any companies out there, I don't know, restaurants or museums that you would love to partner and work for them and maybe create some products that I have in mind? Um, well, I mean, the National Museum or Monk, I feel that would be really cool because we're also doing we're artistic stuff with our embroideries, right? So it's not only about designing the uniform, but it's also about uh, designing the motives, the, the logos, and like uh, making something art, artistic out of it. So definitely something like that where we can be creative and uh, be in that uh, sphere. Great. All right. Well, Mr. and Ms. Director out there, pay attention. <laughs> yeah go on yeah no i think it's uh, super cool that you want to be part of kind of the, the national museum because there's a lot of, of culture and uh and stuff like that and uh how how would you do it how do you kind of the design part how do you kind of start that once you have uh once you have a customer um we have a meeting where we're talking about what kind of salute uh, what kind of garments they're looking for and if there's anything specific they want any um, materials or kind of uh, shapes or fits and then we make um, a draft of different pieces of clothing that they can choose from and then we go in and make alterations so the design fits their um, their um, vision and then yeah and then we go to the factory and make some samples try them on make adjustments it's a long process but uh, it always ends with a really good result i gotta take my head off to you though Ingrid. it sounds like you obviously are super kind Uh, i can tell you got a really good heart you know and wanted to make a difference in the world by creating really nice product and do it ethically right because I think a lot of the companies out there, again, are trying to be deceiving because they need more revenue and, and not a lot of smaller shops or, or people that actually are artistic and trying to raise a voice, telling stories through the product. Um, and on top of that, right, you got to manage a company, manage a good factory, managing the, the, the materials, doing the embroidery yourself, doing the marketing process. So uh, I, I take my head off to you. I know it's not easy. So I, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. Thanks. <laughs> That's it, folks. Thank you for listening. If Ingrid's story inspires you to be more aware in the sustainable fashion industry, follow them on Instagram. Or support our planet and look stylish at the same time by going onto their website on onbranded.no. Thank you, Ingrid. Thank you.
thanks for listening to our podcast. We will see you at the next episode about ID generation and evaluation, where we will talk to the CEO and co-founder of Trumaha, Binyamin Abdulkadir Mohamud. If you like How to Entrepreneur, follow us at InchUIO on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you live in Bergen, follow us at InchBergen. See you next time.